Hello everyone, I'm so grateful that you're here. The Brush is a lounge for women, a place where we share conversations about our brushes with love, life, and everything in between. I'm Monique Walker, welcome to The Brush. published author in search of the authentic Lisa A. Thomas. All right. In the foreword of her book, Lisa is described as a woman of strength, resilience, tenacity, grace, beauty, and triumph. Lisa is also described as a multidimensional woman armed with a kind of power and elegance that only God can give to her. So Lisa is with us today to open up about her title of her book, In Search of the Authentic Lisa A. Thomas. Now this conversation will take us into Lisa's life as a homosexual, a lesbian, and it's a place where she's lived for a number of years. And in that living she is discovering or has discovered that she was not in fact a lesbian or gay. In our conversation today, I'd like for you, our audience, to give Lisa's conversation space for the authenticity of her path. This conversation is not one of judgment. This book is titled In Search of the Authentic Lisa A. Thomas, and that is what we hope to hold for Lisa today. As you may know by now, in this podcast series, we have been featuring conversations about sex and sexuality, what it is, what we know about it, how we use it, how we abuse it, it can be misunderstood and misused as well. Uh, that said, let's get started with our conversation with Lisa. That's a long intro, Lisa, but I wanted to really set it up so that we would be able to really give you the space to do this conversation today. First of all, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you for having me, Monique. I really do appreciate the opportunity to be on The Brush. Thank you. Oh, wonderful. And thank you so much. So, so Lisa, tell me about the title of your book, first of all, and it premiered this week. So actually, as you are hearing this broadcast, Lisa's book is just out, available on Amazon. And if you go to her website and the website, you can tell them your website, Lisa. Sure, it's www.lisaathomas.solutions. You can find her materials there. You can find her on social media, all of these places, and learn more about her because I think the conversation that we're going to have today is a necessary one. And so then, Lisa, with that said, you are a caregiver yourself, but I want to dive into this conversation about why this title, why now, and I could surely see through it that there's something else forthcoming, and we'll talk about that a little later on. Tell me how you chose 
this title for this book and what it means to you? Well, the title In Search Of is a photographic timeline by Bruce Bell, um, my dear friend, uh, and it's In Search Of the Authentic Lisa A. Thomas. Reason why we, we chose that particular title is due to what it really means and what it's saying is the truth. Uh, by searching for myself, it took, and it's still taken so many years to find out who Lisa A. Thomas really is. Mm -hmm. And doing so with the photographic timeline, you can look and read in the book uh, within 10 to 15 minutes and pretty much get a good idea of who and what Lisa A. Thomas life is right now and where she's been. And it's beautiful. Um, I've seen it. Uh, the pictures are just phenomenal. They every every picture Lisa tells a different story. I believe that there are quotes all throughout. And I'm going to be pulling from some of those quotes, especially the ones that are there associated with with you and and what's going on with your life. Tell me, how did we? How did we get? to this place of you feeling that it was necessary to talk about your truth and your authenticity, because this is a kind of a coming out or a new you that you are unveiling. Am I right? That's absolutely right. Because what you, what I start beginning, what I began to experience is at the age of 53, who and where am I today? And when I began to look at the decades of experiencing living in someone else's shell or in their mind or in their heart, and I knew it really wasn't who I was. It was like, basically I was just existing. So, but in the, in the interim, I began to feel as though this is who I am. So at one point, something just turned on and said, Lisa, you have to stop and figure out who you are, what you want, and what is, what is your life is going to look like from this point, meaning from 53 on to your next years. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like for you? So a change had to be made. Right. And that is basically the path that I, I began to search. Mm -hmm. And you were, you were 53 when this aha moment came to you but you had been living as a lesbian for how many years well i went through i had an experience at the age of 15 and again that's why the book is so important as far as in search the search of the authentic lisa a. thomas because at the age of 15 i was in the church and i was basically just trying to find something different because i wanted more out of my life. I was a teenager, but I knew it was more to life than just being a teenager. I wasn't an average teenager. So mm -hmm. as I began to go through the church, that's where I began to experience. That was my first experience of being with the female in the church. I was exposed to it through, through one of the <laughs> through one of the church members that was, I mean, a leader. She was a, a minister. And also, she was a psalmist. So she was a major one of the pillars of the church. So this is the church, and you're going there searching for this 
something bigger, something greater than yourself. This is a place of um, a sacred refuge, I guess you could say. Yes, yes. You were 15 when when this happened to you. Did you know yourself what you were looking for at 15 years old? No, it's no way. It's it's you have an idea of what you want, but I knew that's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But when you when I was introduced, it was pretty much where your your whole mental, your mind, your psyche, your emotions began to shift into right. something and something that you wasn't, but yet you were told and pretty much manipulated that this is who you are. Yes, mm-hmm. you are. I'm I'm a I was I'm a tom girl. I'm a tomboy. I I'm a dad's girl. So people would take that and and pretty much make you think and put in your own mind that this is who you are, Lisa. This is who you are. And that's 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 something why why I continue to say you I I continue to search for the Lisa A. Thomas. So here you are, you're 15 years old, you're a daddy's girl, you like to play sports, you're athletic, people are telling you that you act like a tomboy, all of these kinds of things, and then you end up going to the church, searching, looking for more of life started. When people started telling you, you act like a boy or you're gay and all of these kinds of things. What did you think about all of that? And was your family the ones that said those kinds of things to you? Or was it schoolmates? Or how did that whole thing get started? And when did you notice a shift in yourself of how you were managing being told those kinds of things? Well, to, to, to go back to that, it, was, it wasn't my family. It wasn't the, the, my uh, teammates or uh, friends that I played basketball with or uh, at the uh, in softball or any of those sports because they just knew me for myself they just knew me for who i was it was basically when i began to expose myself away from my family away from my uh friends that really knew who i was mm-hmm. when i began to get into a whole different um i mean meeting meeting different people uh, older people, older, I mean, and I was 15, so they were 20, 22, 23, so that was older for me. So when I began to experience being around other people, uh, that's why, that's when I began to get the bullying. And the, it really, it was in the church. Mm-hmm. And so your family was very supportive, though, of you growing up to be the person that you wanted to be. So you got a lot of support from your mom and dad. Yes, yes. They, I mean, my mother and father and my my siblings, they knew that I would get out and play basketball, get on the top of the roof with my dad, mm-hmm. and put, put shingles on. It wasn't it wasn't nothing to them. Right. And I, I knew that wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted. It was just that, and even when people would say it, it would it would pretty much hurt my feelings because it right. was like, I don't. That's not who I am. I'm not a boy. Mm-hmm. I I just like to be. I just like doing what I do. I like playing basketball. I enjoy playing sports. I enjoy being with my father and, mm-hmm. and learning and being adventurous. So mm-hmm. I see that nothing wrong with being who I was. Right. And so tell me, were your parents in the church with you as well? My parents, in fact, we grew up, uh, and I think that was one of the things, and one of the areas that I kind of regretted. Uh, sometimes I regret. Uh, we grew up in a very, very uh, we was in we was in a 
we was Catholic. So the foundation was very stable. And uh, we grew up Catholic. And all of a sudden, we walked into the Holiness Church. My, my couple of me, my sibling, well, two of my siblings, we went off into the Holiness Church. And that's where I got the exposure. Mm-hmm. But because I was staying underneath my mother and my father, the way I was taught, the way the foundation of the Catholic Church, I didn't have that problem. But when I started exposing myself and going into the holiness, sanctified church, that's mm-hmm. when I got exposed to the homosexual, gay, lesbian life. So, so how was it introduced to you? I mean, you were not approached and said, uh, let's have sex or, or, or uh, was it subtle? What, what, what was, what was that like? You're a 15 year old. This person is much older than you. A woman who was a minister in the church, uh, a worship leader, I think you said, but she was also a wife, married husband and children, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes. So, so what, 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 do you remember the first engagement or did, was, was it subtle? Well, what happened? I remember it. It was, when I was, I can remember so vividly, it was like I was just going down the aisle of the church and she pointed to me. She said, oh, you're so cute. I would love to take you home and spoil you. And of course, you know, you feel a certain kind of way, but it wasn't anything abnormal to me. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what, what was the spoiling like? Was that like gift giving or was, you know, when did the touching start? It started when she asked me to come to her home after church and she would cook dinner. She mm-hmm. cooked dinner for after church. You know, you, you would eat after church. So we went, went, I thought that was a normal because that's what everyone was doing. After mm-hmm. church, we're going to come over to such and such home and we're going to have lunch or dinner or whatever and I'm going to cook for you. And that's when it started. I'm, you know, I'm in the room, I'm, I'm sitting and then the, he starts. This is what you do. This is how you feel. So you start kissing, you start touching, you start fondling. And I'm like, this not right. I'm like, this is not right. This is not what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, that's what, it's okay. That's what, it's okay. I'm not gonna say anything. You don't say anything, I won't say anything. So it, once you get a hold of that, and my personality, I wanna do what you tell me to do. But in doing that, I was caught up for uh, 38 years. So when I said yes, or when she pretty much manipulated, and when you're dealing with a uh, personality, uh, controlling, and you just submit yourself to that abuse and not knowing that it's abuse. Mm-hmm. But... As a 15-year-old girl, how long was she involved in your life in that st- in that manipulative way? How long was she in part a part of your life? She was involved for at least at least 4 years, 4 and a half because basically when when it when everything started happening and you exposed me to sex, you exposed me to um, uh, that, I mean, living that life, I mean, I, I just fell in love with her and didn't even know I was in love. Right. So when I began to fall in love with her, she was trying to tell me, oh no, you're not, you know, trying to put it back on me. Oh no, 
you're not supposed to feel this way with a woman. So this was going on for like at least four, five years. And then you've tried to marry me off to make it look like Lisa is not gay. Lisa is not. So it was basically a cover up. Right. It was a cover up. So at that point, I was I was searching. I was trying to find Lisa A. Thomas. Mm-hmm. And so you married, had children, but the marriage didn't work. No, the marriage didn't work. Mm-hmm. The marriage didn't work because it was, I mean, I, I felt like I was in love. I felt like I was committed. My true self, um, I, I, I wanted to be with a man. I didn't want to be with a woman. And I knew how to treat a man. I knew how to be a woman. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when you were going back and forth to church on Sundays and interacting with her in her in the in the privacy of a home, I'm 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 assuming nobody else was around when these things were going on between the two of you, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. So when you were in church and she was in church, how how did how did you feel? I know you had the private thing going. What what were you feeling? What were you feeling? Truly loved? Were you feeling? What do you know? What you were feeling at that time? She didn't know what I was feeling, but I I knew that it wasn't right because I began to see that you know I this is this is not real. This is not right. You're you're singing. You're doing. You, 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 you're fake, basically. Mm-hmm. But what kept me was my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And even at the age, even by what everything that I was going through, I held on to my relationship with God. Was it difficult? Yes. Very difficult to see someone that you know that I'm going to go home to. And I'm this young child, but yet I know that you're going to want to sleep with me when you get home or at one point when your husband go to work or when the children are out to play. So yes, it was very, very difficult. Were your parents ever suspicious at all of, or, or did you ever have the inkling to share with them what was going on? No, at, at that particular time, I didn't know. My siblings knew after I kind of came out of everything my siblings would tell me, um, Lisa, we knew we had an idea. Something was going on. We knew that uh, you were being molested. We knew it. And I would feel like, well, why didn't you come get me? You know, if I'm your little sister, why didn't you come get me? Why didn't you come rescue me? Mm-hmm. And my personality was, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway, but I think at that particular time, if someone would have reached out and just grabbed me and made me come back to a place where I was okay, I would have listened because Mm -hmm. I was drowning. I drowned. I was drowning Mm -hmm. into another person's life and what they wanted. One of the quotes in your book is, the music of my soul calls out to be known intimately. 
I pick up my trumpet and I share my personal symphony with the world. When I read that, I thought about the the pure innocence of a 15-year-old child that doesn't even know what intimacy is, but the soul is calling out for something. And then the trumpet is you expressing yourself loudly. You know what I'm saying? And then sharing that with the world, it gets captured by, you know, manipulation, I guess. Absolutely. And and that's basically what happened. And it was... It's, it goes so deep to where you can't even express it. You can't talk about it. You can't, you don't even know how to express it. You don't know what to say. Who are you going to go to? Did you always want to go when she invited you to be with her? Mm, Yes and no. Sometimes Mm -hmm. yes, sometimes no. Because when you begin to feel and you get into that lifestyle, and you're going to like it. You start liking it. Mm-hmm. And it becomes your norm. Mm-hmm. The dysfunction becomes your norm. Mm-hmm. One, 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 once upon a time, it didn't feel right. And then all of a sudden, it became normal to me. Mm-hmm. It became like, oh, it's okay. So when I would sit back and step back and I would say, what? At the beginning, I'd be like, this not right. And then all of a sudden you can step up and you'll be in a place and you don't realize like, this is okay. This is what I want. But you, then, know, you know, that's not what you really want. And then at what point did she decide that she wanted to step away and, and get you married? What, what, how did that, how did that, did she want to break off the relationship or, or what, what happened, what led to her deciding that she wanted to defend you as not being gay and get you married? What was that all about? Well, I, it became exposure. People were beginning to see, why is Lisa here? Why is Lisa here all the time? Why are you with her? Why are you, you know, personalities um, shift. Uh, uh, your mannerisms, her mannerisms, my mannerisms changed around her. People would feel it, feel the environment would change when we would be in the same room. So, so it, it was getting to be where people in the church or people outside the church were starting to talk about it. And they were talking about it more than I knew. Because mm-hmm. me at that age, I was, I kept going, but yet I was, I was hurting. I was in a place where I didn't even know where I was. So that's that's basically what took place. Did you feel that God was confirming or or denying this experience? Did you you said you the love of God was there for you? And I'm sure that that's because you were innocent in the process, but did you ever did this did this harm your relationship with God or did you feel, was there any guilt, any shame, or was it bliss or what, what, what was going on with, with you're going to feel all the emotions. You feel all the emotions. You, I felt the, the, the guilt. I felt that I let God down. I felt that 
I was putting myself in a position where I would uh, jeopardize our relationship. Uh, that was very important to me, and it still is. Um, I felt as though that I was living the, I was being a hypocrite, uh, living a life that was not pleasing. So that's what I was feeling. But again, it takes on the place of grace, praying, God, you know my heart. You know what the bottom of my soul is saying at this moment. Um, so I kept going back to God and, and asking him to carry me as I went through what I was going through. And, and that's when, when the marriage came about. And, and you thought maybe that that was a, a way of escape, or this was an opportunity maybe for you to, to find some sense of renewal or what was, what was, I mean, as you get older, I was getting older. I was teenager. I mean, I was a, a, a now an adult. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I was married and an adult, and but yet, I, she was still tugging, still pulling. So you still under her control. And you, when you say she was manipulative, was she more of the the dominant partner that was um, was or 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 where did or was she the less the least the less dominant partner? How did the okay. That because I had no clue. I didn't know how to do this. I didn't know how to live the life. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who was dominant, who was not. I didn't know what nothing was. I didn't even know the lingo. I didn't know anything about lesbianism. I didn't know anything about the lifestyle. I knew I was exposed to homosexuality. I was exposed to gay. I was exposed to people being gay and studs. And I was, uh, I was exposed to all of it. And I was sad. I don't know. I don't want to do that. But everybody keeps saying this is who I am. Mm. That makes so you, sense. You were wrapped in, I like to call it an onion, and it was just layers and layers and layers and layers of labels. And then you turned 53 and you just kind of broke out of all of those labels and went back to your authentic self. Is that what I'm that's what is that what you're saying? I have to grab a hold to me. I have to do whatever it I, the, the last past year, it's been like, I need to get to Lisa A. Thomas. I need to get to that little girl that's on the inside that I know who she is. And I know, and, and I love people. I love the heart of people. But I knew that I had to do something different for myself. And even through the, this, this book, it was uh, a sense of freedom, a sense of liberty. Uh, 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 an expression of you can make it. It's okay. Even in the midst of where you are, it's still okay. Just so you find out who you are, you will be better than you ever would think. And that's where I am. I, mm -hmm. I, I found it. I, it's like I kept searching mm -hmm. and I would go until I got it. And that's how God blessed me. Did you feel like the church let you down or how, what, how did you feel about being inside of the church and, and being exposed to something like that so young? Well, I felt like 
of course, with me and my and and the way I think, uh, yes, I did have a. I did feel like you know what this is not supposed to happen in the church. Does it happen to everyone in the church? I don't know, but it happened to me. So that's the only. I mean, that was my experience, and it was something where I just had to deal with throughout my life and mm -hmm. say, you know what. That was my experience. It started in the church, and that's the truth. Um, and it put a it put a bad taste in my mouth for a long time. Mm -hmm. I had to go through some things to to look at women and look at men and look at Are you really living this life? Are you really doing what you're supposed to do? Are you taking advantage of of, of a teenager, or a t of a child, a girl, a boy? So. When I when I had to get a once I got away from that, I began to see different. But I stepped back from the church for many years. But yet I was in the church, but I would stay away. I would I wouldn't get in the in the forefront. I wouldn't be a part of the ministry. I wouldn't be a part uh, of leadership teams. And I could well as be, but uh, I wouldn't do it for that reason. Wow. So here you were, a young girl. You get introduced to homosexuality, but you're not homosexual. And then you live in this life for many, many years. So you've had other committed partners. Uh, am I right? I mean, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And I had long relationships. My relationships will last eight years, 10 years, 10 years. So you, I mean, my relationship will last. A long time, uh, committed relationships, and I it 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 shifted on me. Is yeah. when I start and began to say what I wouldn't do, I did it. So I began to think. I, I would always ask God, Lord, how am I able to think like a man, but yet I'm a woman? And I knew, and I know, I I, I knew the mindset of a woman wanting to be a man and the struggle the mm -hmm. the effort that it would take mm -hmm. uh, but yet on a, that's on the inside the mental what you go through at night what you go through in the morning how do you put people outside what are they going to say about you and when you get to a point where you're saying oh i'm okay with who i am I know what that feels like. You still searching because I searched. Mm -hmm. I searched and I searched and I searched. And I, I questioned God. I always would go back to God. I always would bring back the relationship that I had with God. And I would bring it back to his, 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 the word back to him. And I would tell him, Lord, you said that you would leave me. I need something different. I need to find out who I am. And he loved me through it and still do. And that's the, that's the beauty of it. One of the things that I've I, 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 you know, continued to point out with your book is that it is a resource for um, people who would like to purchase it because it supports your 
project where you have now positioned yourself as a protector for children with disabilities. And so what I've seen here is, is a thread of female protector. You know what I'm saying? And so now you've become a female protector for young children. Did your desire to want to hold them in a safe place and give them that sense of belonging and create an authentic home for them, did that come from what you from the experience that you that you had that basically kind of in a way robbed you of some of that essence as a child would you say that that's that that had anything to do with why you chose this as as a path for you I chose this well to be honest I was chosen <laughs> because yeah. my daughter has special needs um mm -hmm. and and that's the that's what I was gifted with out of my marriage was my daughter with special needs. So what happened was it God gave me an opportunity to show the authentic the authenticity of expressing and experiencing true love. And I got it from my daughter and I'm able to give it to my daughter and other uh, my other children as well that I've adopted. So at the end, and what I can see today is that this is what true love is really all about. As I protect and take control of the lives of individuals that are thrown away, and with my biological daughter, making sure that she's protected, my other children making sure they're protected, and the love that they bring to me on a daily basis, and every morning they're the same. That's what the consistency of love is really all about. And that's what I was searching for and didn't really know I had it. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 it brought to me uh, a different sense of expression of love and knowing that this is what it's supposed to be. This is what it is. This is what true love is. And God speaks to me through their love and their response, their actions. Mm -hmm. So I give that sense of protect, uh, protectiveness to them and with them. Were, were your family members very uh, affectionate or compassionate or were they touchers? Did you experience a lot of that in your own, in your own family? No, we wasn't really um, uh, touchers and emotional we were just we come from the, the where i show you love why i'm a provider my father was a provider my mother is a is a she's she's a mother that that but for to say come here baby i love you give me a hug no we didn't have that it's just mm -hmm. like you just yeah I, I love you because it's i'm gonna show you by taking making sure you're comfortable making sure you're taken care of you have meals every day. You you can come home to a stable home, stable foundation. So that that was stability, and that was love. The stability in the foundation was love to us. Mm -hmm. But now, have you changed some of that with your daughter? Are you? Oh, 
Yes. You've, you've changed the way that you, you're not using the pattern of how you learned sensuality and intimacy and love and all those things. You've changed that for how you share that with your children. Absolutely. I'm more of a, I'm, I'm very, I mean, I'm balanced. Mm -hmm. On the affection of love, our expression of love, by hugging and, mm -hmm. and, uh, come on to celebrating, celebrating you and, and just bringing the balance and, and, and providing and giving you the foundation. So yes, you learn from it. And because everyone has some type of dysfunction growing up. So it's, that was a part of it. You, you, a, a different part of love, a different expression of expression of love. Um, so yes, now that it's, it's more, it's, it's totally opposite. <laughs> Keep up with The Brush on Instagram and Facebook at The Brush Lounge. Also, check out The Brush Lounge community at www.thebrushlounge.com. Yeah.